Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. One of the best things about mm-hmm. getting older is just mm-hmm. being more relaxed with yourself, more yeah. accepting of yourself, more more at peace with where you're at and loving yourself more and mm-hmm. and understanding that other things are more important. Hello and welcome to season three of Beautiful Lives, the podcast in which I, Madeline Spencer, invite a guest to reflect on the parts of their life story where beauty rituals or products have played a role and how what they saw in the mirror or perceive they saw in the mirror has had an impact. Today I'm joined by the actress Ida Williams. We talk about a panoply of things, including her eureka moment after the death of her grandma when she ditched her plan to become a tax attorney and decided to pursue her dream of acting. The culture shift from living in LA to moving to the UK, how pregnancy affected her body and how being criticised for gaining weight impacted her and also, of course, touch on her favourite products. I've added three questions to the end of each interview for this season, so I hope you'll enjoy hearing Ida's answers to them too. Before you listen to our chat, I just want to say a huge thank you to those of you who tuned in to the previous seasons and for telling your friends about the podcast. Please do, as always, find me on social media and tell me your thoughts on the episode and who you'd love to hear from. And if you have a minute, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast and, of course, subscribe. Right. Enough from me. Here's Ida. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Ida. Ida. A lot of people call me Ada. And they can. Where does your name come from? It's Turkish. I think it was like a disagreement between my parents. Yeah. Because my mom wanted Aida. Yes. Like A-I. Exactly. And my dad wanted... Ida, mm-hmm. and then I somehow ended up with Ida, but it's spelled Ada, which is right. very confusing. Do you have to correct everyone? Everybody. Okay, fine. I don't Everybody. feel too bad. By about the way, that. I've gotten to the point where when people call me Ada, I actually don't usually correct them because oh, really? I don't mind. Yeah. And I'm so used to being called Ada, but it is, if we're going to start out the interview, it's Ida. And also, for the people listening to this, you might not have to correct them in the future. Right. Quite exactly. handy. Well, I think it's kind of like, what is it, like Demi Moore or Demi Moore? I have one of those like irritating. Is it Demi or Demi? I think it's Demi. And I always said Demi. I, I mean, I've always said Demi more. I've always said Demi more too. Yeah. But I mean, not to her face. I, she could correct me. No. What if I say Demi and it's and she goes, it's Demi? Yeah. You'll have to test that one. I'll have to test. You know what? Report back. I will. I've seen her out. <laughs> yeah. Next time I see her out, I'll say her name at her and see yeah. if she throws shade back at me. <laughs> and I'll be like, listen, I'm part of the tribe. I get it. You could do that with all the celebrity names because there are a bunch of like, like quite mispronun- difficult ones. Yeah. Like what are some of the other ones people always get wrong? Like, or at least there's like a question mark on... I don't know. I feel like there are quite a few and yet none are coming to mind. I know. I feel like that too. Things though, like Sting, for example. Yeah. I wouldn't know what his name... Real, his real name is? Yeah. What is his real name? What is his, you're right. What is his real name? So I think I'd go, hi, Sting. Sting. I have done that. Yeah. To Sting. When you meet really famous people, do you sometimes yeah. last name them? Because like... I, for example, met Helena Christensen. And when I right. met her, in my head, she's not Helena. She's, she's Helena Christensen. Christensen. You gave the full name. I said, yeah, nice to meet you, Helena Christensen. That's so funny. <laughs> do That's... you do that? No. no, I don't think I do that. <laughs> Good. But I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't, very cool. Like, if I were to, yeah, if I were to meet Barack Obama, I wouldn't go like, hi, Barack Obama. No. Okay, I probably would, but I'm spectacularly but I, uncle. But to be, to be fair... I would probably geek out if I met Barack Obama. So I might call him Shirley Temple. I'd be yeah, so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I'd be like, like, hi, Shirley. I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd definitely make a tit of myself somehow yeah, yeah, if, yeah, I, yeah. if I met. One does when around those big people that you, like, admire. Yeah, exactly. You know if you I mean? admire them, yeah. it, forget it. it. I get funny. It's out the window. But yeah. then sometimes I get really, like, funny about random, like, reality stories. Like, I get, yeah. like, really geek. Like, I remember I used to watch. <laughs> I used to watch all the time. I, I used to watch Dog the Bounty Hunter. Like random people were like, I wouldn't go up to Brad Pitt if I saw him. But like, yeah. but like, but Dog the Bounty Hunter. I'm like, oh, it's Dog the Bounty Hunter. Is there anyone you've lost your cool around where you've been like that I mean, wasn't cool? Most people. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not cool most of the time. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, we like people who aren't. I think cool I was a time. bit er uh, 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 with Sting once. Yeah, you know where you're just like 
talking and everything that's coming out of your mouth as you're saying is, oh my God, you sound so stupid. You're so stupid. Stop talking. Stop talking. Really aware. And stuff stuff just keeps coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I do do that that all the time. time. All the time. As anyone who's listened to this before will know. You grew up in LA. I grew up in LA. To my mind, which is, I've never lived in LA, but in my head, people in LA walk around in shorts and crop tops, kind of like the beginning of Pretty Woman where Julie Roberts is Mm -hmm. in that crop top Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There um, was a stage where I, I wore crop tops. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And, in LA. Yeah, and it's so true. Hyper groomed. Hyper groomed. 100%. And it's, and it's quite. You wouldn't see someone with, like, you know, broken nails no. or, like, you know, in my head. No, your head is, like correct. Your okay. head is correct. Your head is correct. I mean, I don't think I was super aware of that growing mm. up because, you know, like, as weird of a place as LA is. Mm. Anywhere you grew up as a kid is quite normalized for you because it's all you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I kind of grew up noticing right. that everyone was really groomed. It wasn't, I think, till I was older mm-hmm. that I realized how extra groomed everyone is in did, L.A. Did that become a part of your childhood thing, though? Like, were you someone who was, I need to get makeup, or I'd like to put makeup on? Um, You know, for... I was quite a tomboy mm-hmm. for a long period. I, I would say until there was like this weird moment... When I was about 15, where I think it was like the summer before, maybe it was 14, I saw Clueless. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened to me when I saw Clueless, but all of a sudden I wanted to wear crop tops and high-heeled sneakers and a little backpack. Who did you want to be? Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Yeah. And I I literally went from geek chic. I mean, I was wearing jeans and flannel shirts. Mm -hmm. I had my hair always pulled back. It was like all of a sudden I discovered slutty clothing (laughs) and makeup and blow-drying my own hair. Because before it was like... Why would you blow dry your own hair? You just yeah. let it dry. Yeah. Whereas, oh no, it became like I I would blow dry it. I would put a hot roller in. Yeah. There was lip gloss involved. I yeah. mean, and it was like, it was kind of like not really a sexual revolution because I was completely square and mm-hmm. I didn't have a boyfriend or anything, but it was like boys started noticing me yeah. and I felt like, you know, I was really exploring my looks and, mm-hmm. you know, how, how I felt girly or being attracted to boys. I mean, it was like a definitely a shift from being in invisible to all of that stuff or blind to all of that stuff to all of a sudden being aware of it. Yeah, and having people, inviting people to look at you. Yeah, exactly, which yeah. was weird, which was never anything I wanted before yeah. or had been on my horizon. But I yeah. do remember this very marked point where I didn't care about shopping or anything. And then one day it was like Clueless was out and I was like, I'm going to whatever it was. It yeah. wasn't Topshop, but whatever yeah. you, you know, it was like, and that was it. And then from that moment on, so it got you, really expensive. LA is sprawling and huge. So whereabouts yes. were you? Kind of Beverly Hills, right. Bel Air, you know. You know so the, you could the, really the rough walk streets, down the, the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, did you have like a group of friends yeah. who joined you in that Yeah, mission? of course. We would go, yeah. you know, you'd go to the mall back mm-hmm. in the day. So you'd go to the Beverly Center or... Um, well, at that point, the gallery is... You go to the Fashion Square or the Beverly Center, and you just walk around with your friends. Yeah. You can go to, like, Cinnabon yeah. and get, like, a cinnamon roll. <laughs> and, like, you know, boys would look at you, and you'd go shopping. And, like, also that thing of, like, discovering makeup. You yeah. know, it was like none of that stuff was... I wasn't that little girl that played with makeup. Right. It was like this became... This was like a whole new... So that was your... Awakening. Um, yeah, because some people look at their mum or they have an aunt or something, but for you, it was, like, almost, like... Clueless. It was like Clueless. Yeah, I really was Clueless. I mean, for me, I'd say the biggest influence, hands down for me, was my grandmother. And she was incredibly glamorous. On your mom's side. On my mom's side. Mm -hmm. And she lived in Paris. Mm -hmm. And I would watch her get ready. And she always wore her, she wore Yves Saint Laurent Paris, the scent. So whenever Mm -hmm. I smell that scent, I get taken back. But she always wore the same makeup. She had a, a red lip she loved, mm-hmm. and it was almost like a violet eyeshadow, mm-hmm. which is an incredibly difficult combination, I think. But it anyway, is. but I would watch her put her makeup on yeah. every day, you know. And even to this day, when I put makeup on, I make the same face. She would open her mouth when she would be doing, like, her eyes, or she'd yeah. kind of go... Do you not do that anyway, though? Because when I put mascara on, I always open my mouth. I find it That's quite... what I do. Yeah. I, mean, I, I always open it. And yeah. I always used to make fun of her. Now I find myself... Now you do the now same I do thing. the same thing. Yeah. But for me, you know, my mom wasn't into makeup. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... And I was such a tomboy. I played yeah, sports, yeah. you know, so yeah. it wasn't... You know, I was more interested in playing outdoors, mm-hmm. playing tennis, running, whatever, than, than makeup. So this, this clueless moment... Was yeah. a real changing point for sure. So when you were buying makeup, do you, yeah. uh, and your first cosmetics, do you remember what you were buying and yes. what you put on your face? Tell okay, me about well, that. the first. By the way, the first kind of, and I'm trying to remember when it came out. The first kind of, one of the first makeup things that attracted me was I discovered Kevin O'Quinn. 
And I got, I remember wanting his book for Christmas, his for, makeup. Face was, forward. Yes, with yeah. all the looks and being yeah. just like blown away. I don't know why. I just, just mm-hmm. and he was revolutionary. He was, he was doing all the models yeah. and he did all these incredible yeah. looks. And it was just like, wow, you can do this with makeup? Because it was yeah. just like, you know, like people have like a music revolution. That yes. was my makeup revolution. Yeah. And I think the first things I started to wear, I mean, it was very simple for me, but I think mm-hmm. I really love Distilla. Do you remember those lip, the lip glasses? We twist them, the glazes. Yes. Super into the glazes. Do you remember what color you have by any chance? I had a peach for sure, that pale okay. peach and a watermelon. Yes. But I might be getting that confused with the Juicy Tubes, which was the next frontier. I mean, I mean, I had you and I had the I same thing. Say, I had yeah. sticky lips for about yes. 15 yes. years. Do you find that your hair would blow yeah, in it? It would blow when it gets stuck and then you'd pull your hair out. It would like yeah. smear under your cheek. And also when you saw people in films or music videos with glossy lips and their hair was amazing, that like, for me, it was Britney Spears. I always oh, yeah. referenced her. Yeah. And I used to walk down the street. Again, nowhere to be. You know, you're right. a teenager. Where are you where going? Where am I going? Yeah. The mall. Glossy lips. And then your hair would blow in it and you'd be like, this is not this what is happened no, in the video. Exactly. <laughs> you'd always be like, not the wind, not yeah. the wind. It yeah. was like, <laughs> and it was I remember that. like, I remember the lip glass. Do you remember yes. Max lip glass? That was dangerous, man. That was like, you might as well be sticking wet concrete on your face I mean, because yeah. anything got stuck in there and yeah. it was like glop afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like those were the... The moment. Those were the moments. It was it was very a lip gloss heavy game at yeah. that point. I don't think I messed around too... I mean, I think there was a little urban decay mm. uh, like eyeshadow Because I think of you as a really eyeshadow person yeah. now. Now, I am. You weren't then? I wasn't. I, was, it, I mean, I was so basic with my makeup. Right. I was into it, but I was, you know... There was a little bit of a... Oh, I remember I used to wear Max Spice, the lip liner. Oh. Max Spice. 90s classic. 90s classic. Yeah. I had all the 90s classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe some like overly brick tone for a blush, but... Did you pluck your eyebrows? No. Clever. Do you know what? Because my mother, she got electrolysis when she was in, in the in the 80s. That mm. was the big... And she over, you know, plucked them, thinned yeah. them. And yeah. now she's got really... And she was like, never do that. Oh. So I always had thick eyebrows and I kept them, I kept them thick. Yeah. I kept them thick. I still keep them thick. No, they're great brows. I mean, they're a little unruly sometimes. But nice. But you have a good brow. I have unruly brows. I plucked them all off though. I had to grow, I had to grow all of my back. It was a nightmare. No, that's the thing because sometimes they don't grow back. I mean, I've heard nightmare stories. But I, uh, the thing is like my hair persists throughout anything. So you've got a strong force. It will always grow back. It will always grow back. You're very lucky. My mom, my mom literally is like a bald eagle. Yeah. She has to like pencil it in. God bless her. Do you know what? I think that's one of the biggest beauty secrets is spending the time on the brow. I completely agree. The brow and the skin. That's why there's been this brow suddenly revolution. I'm obsessed with it. Um, Tell me, when you were a teenager, how was your skin? Do you know what? I was really lucky. I had good skin. My brother did not, but I had really good skin. I did not suffer with any kind of acne or... So did you wear foundation or tan, in fact? What were you doing to your skin? Tanning. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I mean, that was was before spray tans were like... Because in the 90s, we didn't really have... So you're quite healthily brown now. Is that spray tan now? Oh, that's a spray tan. Okay, fine. So that's That's... not your natural hue. I'm naturally very dark. Right. But in order to be dark, I have to lay out in the sun. So you're kind of olive toned and you I'm olive toned and I tan very, very easily. Yeah. I'm a, I've, this is the palest I've been in my life since I've entered my 30s. Right. Like mid-30s onwards now. Yeah. yeah. The palest I've been because all of a sudden you realize all that tanning you did is going to make you look old later. So you yes. start to get the breaks and you're like... Ah! I always think of Magda in... Yes. talking about Mary. That's what I mean, that leathery. like wrinkly, leathery. Yeah. So I think like you start doing really mundane things like going to the dermatologist in your 30s and they yes. warn you off. So now I wear like... Before, I used to put Crisco oil on my body. <laughs> I used to tan tanning beds. Yes. I mean, like literally nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the factor, it would be factor four and if I really wanted extra protection, eight. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Now, I'm yeah. that person that's splodging 50 on my face even on an overcast day just to step outside for five minutes. Yeah. What kind of teenager were you? If I was, if I would say to you when you were 16, yeah. Tell me what you're going to do for a living. What's your life going to be like? Are you going to live in LA? What would you have said to me? Uh, at 16, I would have said, I'm going to be an international tax attorney. Mm-hmm. I am not going to live in LA. I'm going to live in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really boring as a teenager in terms of I did not rebel. Mm-hmm. I was super square. I was a super student. I did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. which I look back on. I think, oh, I should have been a bit naughtier. I should have gotten that out of my system. But... I also was a bit of a square. And Were you act- square too? Oh my God, like such a loser. Like, like I was such a loser. <laughs> I was such, like my no. brother yeah. was like Ferris Bueller rock and roll. 
Like my brother and I, let me just say something. I'm not going to give ages, but yeah. he's seven and a half years younger than me. Okay. And we almost lost our virginity at the exact same time. Yeah. I had this real, real perfectionism, yeah. good girl, yeah. square, you know, wanted to be. And by the way, my parents were not putting that on me. Mm. That was completely self-inflicted. Do you think it's because you were ambitious or do you think it's because you were fearful or was it neither? Or both. Or both. I think it might have been both. Yeah. I was highly ambitious. Yeah. I really, you know, you know, it was like I grew up in L.A. where being an actor was so cliche because, mm. you know, every waiter was an actor. Every parking attendant was an actor. You know, everyone came to L.A. to be an actor. Yeah. So for me, and I watched my parents, you know, my mom was in the film industry my stepdad was in the film industry and they struggled you know mm -hmm. it wasn't like they weren't Steven Spielberg mm -hmm. you know and I just did not I was so afraid of having that lifestyle yeah or being that cliche or having all this education and still you know struggling to make the rent yeah you know um that I was like that's it I'm not going to do that my mm -hmm. uncle was an international tax attorney he lived in Europe it was like I'm great with languages I love Europe I'm smart. Yeah. Let me set my life up straight where I, you know, I know I'm covered. Yeah. You know, so I think that, I mean, that's kind of a fear-based and ambitious yeah. kind of, you know, I wanted to do well and, um, and I didn't want, I didn't want unpredictability. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted everything to be safe. So how did you end up becoming an actress then? Oh God. I mean, God, that was a weird turn. <laughs> I mean, I always want, this is the thing is I always wanted to be an actor, mm. but I was too afraid. I just thought it was like the worst job you could ever pick. It was like complete loserville. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because everyone, as I said, everyone was an actor. It was like, everyone was like an actor slash model slash singer slash, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah. you know, and I was just like, I can do better than that. I'm yeah. good at school. I can, I can do something with myself, you know, by golly. Yeah. And um, I've got gumption. I've got gumption. Yeah. And I can pull this off. Um, so my grandmother was my everything. And as I said, she lived in Paris mm -hmm. my whole life. And I was on this track to be, you know, international yeah. tax attorney. I was studying poli-sci econ. Like, very serious. Very geeksville yeah. stuff. And I was, when I was studying abroad in Paris, she had just passed away the year before. Mm -hmm. And it was very weird being in her city without her. Very lonely time for it. It was really depressed. Did and you go there on a holiday or? No, I was studying. Sorry, I was studying studying abroad. Right, gotcha. So it was okay. doing, you know, my studies abroad mm -hmm. and for my international tax attorney yes. situation. Very serious job. Very serious job that I was going to do. And I was. I remember walking the streets of Paris, being really sad, thinking about my grandmother. Yeah. And in this visual, I was watching. I was in the movies, and I was forty because to me that was the marker of like old, old. age. <laughs> Which is really frightening. <laughs> um, and I was at the movies and I was I was a lawyer and I was watching the movies and I was sad because I was thinking, oh, that could have been me. Yeah. And there was this weird thing that happened where I thought, wow, Mimi would be so sad to know that I was so afraid of my dreams that before I even begun, I stopped. And I just had this real moment of, I just felt incredibly connected to her. It was like she was talking to me and she'd be... She'd be the one person in my corner really pushing me to go for my dreams. And here I was so afraid of them that I wasn't even going to try. And I felt this overwhelming sense of regret and disappointment. And at that moment, I just decided I was going to try. Right. And that was really scary. Because okay. nobody, you know, I grew up in an environment, even though my parents were in the the film industry and mm -hmm. I said they were in the independent films they struggled you know it was like we can go to dinner we can go on vacation we can't yeah. you know we can't afford food <laughs> you know, well mm -hmm. not afford food that's very dramatic but you know we can't afford yeah. you know what your friends are doing yeah. we can't afford to do that mm -hmm. um, but all my friends you know all their parents were in traditional professions mm -hmm. and my friends all from high school are in traditional professions so it was a very kind of I don't want to say avant-garde, but from where I came from a very academic background, no one was just throwing it away yeah. and going, you know, forget it. I'll, I'll pursue the arts. Mm -hmm. So for me to kind of, I had this, you know, I was top of my class for yeah. me to be down this lane where I was guaranteed, you know, success and security and mm -hmm. to just throw that away and go, do you know what? All those things I've been working hard for, all those things I valued actually don't mean anything to me. It was a big, you know, I was... But 20 at the time. Two things. Firstly, great to have that so young in your life instead of coming to that later and thinking yeah. you've got to turn it around. And also, the I think that sounds like the best possible thing you can do with grief is to remember what someone was yeah. about. I never thought of it like that. And put that in you. I definitely feel her. I mean, to this day, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. Yeah. And I feel her in so many decisions in my life and... Yeah, decisions yeah. in my life. She, yeah, she does guide me. You know, I had she had an incredible amount of integrity. 
you know, she was incredibly clever mm. and passionate and and she had, you know, a joie de vivre that was yeah. off the scale. And I think that I think that's been one of the biggest things for me in my life mm. is carrying her with me and helping her. You know, I lead with my she heart. She sounds wonderful. She was amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. So going into acting then, I can't get away in my head from the um relationship between acting and the way you look. I wish that weren't the case. But if I were going into acting now, I would think probably should go to the gym a little bit more do, you know do I need to color my gray hairs I mean I know that you went to it younger but you yeah, know what yeah, I mean oh there was huge yeah. amounts of pressure mm-hmm. to look good you mm. know I remember a manager once you know because I got I was very lucky I got and it was a whole kind of very funny story but I got on a soap opera within gosh a month of month or two of being in LA not even which ever soap opera was that? days of our lives that and which me. by the way was the soap that my grandmother used to watch was it so I was like thrilling it was thrilling I mean yeah. there was definitely that bittersweet thing where I think I thought I wish she was here to see yeah. this because I just remember the like sands through the hourglass mm-hmm. so are the days of our lives <laughs> you know so when I got on it I was like oh my god I'm on my grandmother's yeah. show um but anyway, but I remember at that time, so I was on a show and I got a manager and I remember he was like, because at the time I wasn't, you know, I'd gone from playing sports to not playing sports mm-hmm. and I was eating the same as if I was playing sports. Yeah. And I put on, oh my God, I put on so much weight in college, mm-hmm. just like, and you know, and I was sad and I was living in Paris and just eating baguettes and crepes all day yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. And I remember he was like, you could lose five pounds. And no one had ever told me that before because in high school, I yeah. was super, you know, super active, very thin. Yeah. I mean, I'm a naturally... So the way, so your body wasn't something you even thought about No, I never point. thought of yeah. my body. I mean, I was never, I was very lucky to be in a situation mm. where I'd never had to think about my body that yeah. way. Yeah. And I was always into sports and it just wasn't on my radar. And yeah. this was the first time. And I remember kind of in that same period of time, it would have been the same year, I was in Cannes with my mom mm-hmm. and we were... I don't know if she was with some random that we'd met at lunch or she was having, I don't even know. We were crossing the street and he was like, you'd be perfect if you lost seven pounds. Oh. And I remember I think that was the rudest, most horrible thing. I did, mean, it was, I was heavier than I am now, but I was by no means let's. But let's, did that hurt you? Of course. I mean, it got me so sad. Because that's awful. It was awful. I don't know how he thought that was like a beneficial night. Did you say anything back at the time? No, I don't. I just cried. Yeah. Do you know what I cried on the? I remember yeah. I was at the end of the closet and I just. But also, you know, it was this thing where I had gotten. I think I'd put on like three stone in college. Okay. So quite a, you know, from a very thin girl to kind of a curvier. Yeah. And it was. It was not. It was not healthy. I was sad eating. You know, right. I was eating like a tin of cookies every day and yeah. blocks of cheese. You know, things. I'm the same. If I've put on, sometimes people say, "Oh, you've put on weight because you're happy." For me, it's the opposite. Yeah. If I put on weight, I'm, it's because I'm sad. It was sad weight. Yeah. I mean, it's it was a stressful. horrible, you yeah. know, it was a horrible thing to say. I mean, luckily yeah. it didn't, it didn't trigger anything. No. But it, but I definitely at one point, you know, I realized with, you know, because I had been such an athletic person, mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, as an actor, you have very little control on what jobs you get, mm-hmm. what jobs you don't get, you know, blah, blah. But what I did have control of was how I took care of myself. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't going to, I decided kind of at a certain point that I wasn't going to lose out on a job because yeah. I wasn't taking care of myself. Now, yes. that didn't mean being a certain size for creep A or creep B, but it meant taking care of myself. And mm-hmm. also it gave me some structure. You know what I mean? Because an actor, you could just, you know, you're your own employer. So yeah. you can yeah. just loaf around all day if you want there's no one to yell at you but you know what it was like my mom was always fit and I you know god bless her I said I've signed us both up for Barry's boot camp will Mm -hmm. you go with me because I I was afraid because it's been so long since I yeah and that was real a real turning point for me because I got really into it and Mm -hmm. I kind of and that gave me a confidence about kind of getting back in touch with who I was and you know because I was an athlete yeah and then you know gosh it probably took a year and a half for the weight to kind of slowly fall off and you know you know that thing was you get healthier eventually you start making healthier choices Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. um and I still you know to this day I eat naughty foods all the time are you quite a big exerciser in terms of um the high impact exercise for you is yoga hard or do Uh, you do them both I do them both I think it's important you know especially as as I get older, you know, mm-hmm. I used to kind of think back in the Barry's boot camp days, I used to think the more you beat yourself up, the better, the more intense, the tougher. I don't really think that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a great adrenaline rush from that. But I actually think the best thing for your body is probably Pilates and yeah. yoga and connecting with a more centered spiritual side. And also, mm-hmm. I don't think that your body, as you get older, really enjoys being 
punished. I think yeah. the the stretching and the strengthening is kind of like where your longevity ends up. Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people who are overdeveloped and curled in, especially guys. They, they don't do any yeah. kind of counter stretching or counter strengthening, and mm-hmm. their their shoulders are rolled forward, and their traps are up to their ears, and yeah. they're locked in here, and their hamstrings are tight. Yeah, and they end up with all sorts of problems too. So I think. I think there's I think there's got to be a certain level or a large degree of mindfulness in movement. Don't you also think though that being happy in your body kind of 100% stretches to other things? 100%. As I get yeah. older, you know, and I think that's the one of the best things about mm-hmm. getting older is just mm-hmm. being more relaxed with yourself, more yeah. accepting of yourself, more more at peace with where you're at and loving yourself more and mm-hmm. and understanding that other things are more important. You yeah. know, like when you're in your 20s, God, it's such a confusing time and you're just really trying to find your way and mm-hmm. be be this adult that you don't know what it means, but you have to be it all of a sudden yeah. out of nowhere. I think also to some extent when you're young, you're almost picking adults from um, archetypes. Yes, so exactly. You're like, if I'm a tax attorney, I'll wear a pencil skirt totally. and heels. And if I'm like, an actress, I'll exactly. Look, yeah. And by the way, when yeah. I was in my 20s, I was fully wearing day heels mm-hmm. all the time because I was trying to be a grown up. Yeah. You know, and now I'm like... I mean, I'm wearing heels right now, but I'm flats, I'm trainers. I'm like, wait, I don't have to prove I'm an adult because I am it. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You started in your late 20s dating a Brit. I did. You did. And then you spent more time in England. I mean, basically, let me say, I was 27 when I met Rob. Mm. And then he pretty much kidnapped me back to the UK. Mm-hmm. I was, let's see, I was 28 and a half, 29. Okay. And from that moment on, I've pretty much been Brit-side. Right. So then I'm wondering, for someone who spent so much time in LA and very immersed in the LA world, then you come to the UK where mm-hmm. it's, you know, freezing chips, freezing cold, yeah. um, you know, not very glamorous, I wouldn't say, on the whole. How did you find that shift and what were the things you observed? Do you know what? For me, I think my, well, my uncle, who was the international tax attorney, mm-hmm. lived in England my whole life. He lived in London. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother lived in Paris my whole life. So I, I've always felt very kind of Euro, Euro-centered, Francophile. Yeah. I've never felt super American. And, mm-hmm. and that's the same with my mom. You know, we speak French. We kind of secretly want to live in France. Was your grandma French? No, she was... God, she was born in New York. She had, she was, on her side, her parents were from Latvia and Lithuania. But she, her mother was a fashion designer. Mm -hmm. And so she would go to Europe to copy the fashion designs and then produce them here. And so she became, so my grandmother spent all her summers in France. You know, which back in, whatever, 1925 was a big deal, you know. And so she grew up with a love affair of French. She spoke French. Yeah. Um... You know, we've always been very European, mm, my family. Mm. And my, my family's always been in Europe. So I think it kind of made sense that I ended up with the European. But my parents are both European. My mum's Austrian, my dad's Hungarian. Yeah. And Oh, you also got some... My, yeah. So my grandfather, yeah. his parents, he's from Hungary. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's Hungarian Jews. Some of the darkness. Yeah, from. yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, it, yes, England is Europe, technically, currently. But <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. For the next On the continent weeks. of. On the continent of. But... I do feel like there's quite a cultural difference between Europe. I think Europe feels... More European? <laughs> yeah, more European. England feels quite random. Like, there are a lot it of is, random things. I kind of like that, though. You do? It's a bit, okay. it's a bit like higgledy-piggledy, random, weird, eccentric. Yeah. 
you know, um, nooks and crannies. Hmm. I think I'm a bit of a weirdo. Okay. So, and I, you know, I'm definitely not inside the box. I'm, even yeah. though I was super, super duper square, mm-hmm. I've always had a really cheeky, dry sense of humor, which right. has always gone over right. most people's heads in America. You're fine then. Yeah. So yeah. I think it was like finding my people. When yeah. I met Rob, it was like, it was like connecting with the mothership. It yeah. was like he had the exact same sense of humor as Amazing. I did. I'd Perfect. never met anyone like that. that but I did have to get used to the cold. That I still yeah. struggle with. Yeah, it's not great, is it's it? It's not my favorite. No. And the gray. Yeah. Everything else I really like. I don't mind the cold. In my head, when I imagine winter now, yeah. it's beautiful and crisp. But then when it gets to it, no, it's, it's just damp flat. and gray and flat. Yeah. I don't mind a beautiful winter's day where no. the sky is blue. No. But those aren't very often here. No, no. It's not like it's Salzburg drippy. or like... And by yeah. the way, it's like still like that in May and June. I know. There's so many birthdays I've spent here where it, literally the clouds when are sitting on May. May 17th. Right, okay. They're sat on my head yeah. with like filled with sadness and tears. Yeah, because I think people like from America who haven't been to the UK imagine that we're all in a P.G. Woodhouse novel like yeah, sitting yeah, outside yeah. like a spring Postman Pat. No. no. <laughs> Like By the way, end. it's really annoying too because whenever my friends have come to visit, it's been good weather. Uh, and I'm like, no, I prom- this is not I promise how it it's is. crap. I promise <laughs> it's grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, but I love it here. I yeah. really do. And that relationship really thrust you into the public eye, which I suppose you were before. But I mean, yeah, different. different. Scale. I mean, yeah. you know, when I was in the public eye in the states, it was really just in the states and on the shows that mm. I was on, and those that watched those shows. It yeah. wasn't like a yeah a, a global situation. That's what I mean. How challenging is that on a day-to-day basis? Um, I think when I'm here, it's different than when I'm in L.A. Okay. When I'm in L.A., it's, it's less intense because, yeah. well, Rob doesn't really work in the States. You know, when we lead a very, you know, I, I say normal. It's normal for us. Very yeah. normal kind of, un, you know, undisturbed yeah. existence. And L.A. is fairly populated. And with L.A.'s yeah. got, yeah, lots of really fabulously impressive mm-hmm. people. And, you know, you know, people, you know, it's, it's, yeah. people are a bit more kind of used to other people you know mm-hmm. you know you're, you could see tom cruise or you can see will smith and yeah. it wouldn't be like a big deal you'd, yeah. you'd still go oh it's will smith yeah but you wouldn't you know people don't like freak Scream out and, and especially yeah. not for rob who doesn't do much in the states right. we kind of you know we're easy but you walk down the streets here it's yeah. a little different it's okay. a little different here um i mean sometimes sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's not right you know i think the hard part is really for me, I'm pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I can still go about my stuff, and there's not much of a an issue. Mm-hmm. And it, and everyone's usually really nice, and I really enjoy when people yeah. are nice. And nice fans always make me happy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, that doesn't that's a, that's a nice thing. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it's hard for Rob because I think because it's been so long for him. Like it's only moments when he feels like he's with the, when we, he's with our kids, and mm-hmm. there's people taking photos, and he gets uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, because he doesn't want anyone taking pictures of them. Yeah. You know, moments where or. He, he might not go somewhere because he's worried, you know, that yeah. the, there'll be so much focus on him that, ex, you know, and, and and by the way, he's so happy when he meets nice fans. But it's just a different, you know, there's certain things. It's a different things, life almost. Than, yeah, it's a different life. There's yeah. certain things we probably wouldn't do just yeah. because, oh, it won't, it'll be, it'll just be too chaotic. Gotcha. And, yeah, yeah. and we won't do that. So you have to sort of navigate your day. We navigate slightly. it more. Yeah. We yeah, navigate yeah. it. Um, Three children. Yeah. Whoa. How did that happen? So, <laughs> whoa! I looked. Yeah. I was looking. I was looking. My friend sent me a picture the other day, and it was when I was pregnant with Teddy. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I, I don't really see a difference. And I was like, "I look so young there." And I was like, "What happened?" And I was like, "Oh, I had. I've had three kids. There's like no difference between me and my like." 20s and me at like 32 in mm-hmm, pictures mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's this drop off from like Where 32 to now did you feel that in your body though because it sounds like you were you, you you're someone who um has has a very has had a very good relationship with your body yeah. you know you were sporty yeah you put on a bit of weight sad you lost it in a very sensible way yeah. and then suddenly you have kids and i know from my friends who've had kids that suddenly your body changes totally. in really unexpected ways totally did i don't think i you? was I don't think I was prepared for that because, as I said, I've never been anyone that's had to be super concerned with mm-hmm. my body in terms of, you know, I, as I said, I'm an athletic and I'm I'm trim. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just thought, because when you get pregnant for the first time, you think, oh, well, I'll gain some weight and then I'll lose some weight. Yeah. That's just what will happen. And I didn't realize that even if you lose the weight, that it doesn't look the same still afterwards. <laughs> so I think that was a bit of, well, first of all, I was one of those people, everyone's like, oh, you'll just snap right back. You know, on my first one, it was like I had Teddy and I was like, 
why are there still 15 pounds here? Like, we're, we're snap, yeah. snap, snap. And they, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. they just hung around yeah. for a bit. And that was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't plan on that. No. I don't want to have to work to get this off. And I kind of all all of a sudden understood how people could not lose the baby weight. Yeah. Because it just, there's just like 15 pounds. And if you get pregnant again without losing that 15 pounds, yeah. then you've got that 30 pounds. That's, you know. And also you're busy when you've had and babies. And you're busy, so especially like, with the second the one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So... I did find I, I I do wish had I known what was going to happen that I'd had like a, like a going away party for my stomach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's never been the same and like it doesn't matter if I'm the same weight the stomach does not it's look different the same. it's different and yeah. there's just like there's skin there man yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. like like I but was, you're smiling when you say that so it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't bother you it doesn't keep me up at night I mean, listen, do I wish my stomach was back to how it was a hundred percent would yeah. I like it to be that yes do I do I do I hold it in dresses to get like Rob always laughs at me I'm like it used to be like yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. but no it doesn't it doesn't you know keep me up at night it's fine it's fine i listen fine. i look at my beautiful kids and i feel so grateful to have these amazing beings so robbie live tweeted your oh, first, first no my um, second that was second. charlie that oh, was, was it? charlie okay fine i thought it was your first sorry first one okay. i had here so boy charlie boy charlie number two number two i think with rob and i first of all we're both big kids mm-hmm. we both are verbal diarrhea people we lead with our hearts. So nothing's ever super planned with us. So it's not like the live tweeting was a planned situation. Right, okay. And nor was I thinking about it being a live tweet. It was more like, we're making funny videos yeah, yeah, while yeah. I'm giving birth to kind of distract yeah. me. It was the first time I'd heard live tweeting. I was like, like I was like tweeting I live? was like, is that what we did? I <laughs> yeah. didn't even know we did that. Yeah. Um, but um, so, you know, we have plenty of embarrassing moments. We have plenty of completely vulnerable moments. Mm-hmm. It's not really ever planned out. Mm-hmm. I think... I think, you know, we're both in charge of, and particularly me, our social media. I do all my, you know, all my Instagram is me doing it. Wow. Um, and that's kind of because that's what I want to give. It's right. like that's, I like that connection. And I've got some really nice fans mm-hmm. and I like, I like that dialogue. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how to be any other way. Like I could never be super manicured or mm. um I just think, yeah, the only way we know how to be is accessible. But yeah. there are some challenges that come with that. And there are boundaries that you have to, you know, like for my kids, I don't ever show their faces. Fine. Because, you know, if you show your, if you show their faces on your social media, that means the press can print their faces, take mm-hmm. pictures of them and mm-hmm. blast. And I don't want people no. I don't know knowing what my kids look like. Yeah. And, you know, assigning them with personality traits or giving them a narrative that mm-hmm. that that isn't theirs you know it's like they're yeah. too young for that and they yeah. have no say in that you want them so to make their i want them to i want them to make their own choice and have a say in it you yeah. know so that's kind of a protection thing and obviously rob and i don't you know talk about everything on social of media course. or interviews yeah. you know we yeah. you know but but sometimes rob will say stuff and i'll it'll be like my friend will call me and go Rob said this thing and I'm like huh and I'll look up this article and I'll just smack Rob on the shoulder going what did you do where are you I think that's enormously endearing though I well, think it's much better that way than the you know uber polished I mean we're definitely not uber polished no, I don't have to live it but I think that as someone who watches it it's yeah. so much more endearing yeah do you switch off your phone at night the only rule I have like phone wise is there's no phones at the dinner table with the kids good rule that's not that's and I'm not really on my phone I mean, Rob makes fun of me for being on my phone. But I'm really not on my phone very much. Like, mm. at night, mm-hmm. you know, like, I used to be notoriously bad at at even getting back to people or having my phone around me because there was, like, a year and a half that... I mean, Rob, to this day, does not have a cell phone. What? And I went for about a year and a half without having a cell phone. So I'm not a real phone In person. the modern day? In the modern day. That's insane. Isn't that where we're, like, pilgrims? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Because Rob has... There's always someone with Rob because he security. Fine, fine, fine. So there's always a way to get to him. And at yes. one point when we moved to the countryside, because when he kind of mm. took me away from my, you know, American career and yeah. plopped me down into the UK, we, we were living in the countryside mm-hmm, full mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. I was just hanging out with cows and going through styles in the countryside. That and is like a PG Woodhouse it novel. Was, yeah. It was. We were like, even in the yeah. winter, we'd be wearing these like ski suits just oh, walking. amazing. Um, but we didn't have phones. Yeah. You know, and people would just get to me via security and it was very bohemian yeah so i'm not addicted to my phone okay i do my social media and yeah. i try and get back to some of the people who write in because i really mm-hmm. appreciate that mm-hmm. um but other than that 
No, I can go down Instagram holes yeah. sometimes, but I'm not yeah, like like any yeah. good girl. Yeah, but um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a huge phone person. Okay, but then talk to me about the things. So you live a busy life in any in any case, even yes. if you're not on your phone loads, you are busy. You have busy children, busy, 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 busy. Tell me what you do that when it feels overwhelming and when you think, oh, I'm just at the edge a little bit. What yeah. do you do? What pulls you back? Um, well, different things. It depends. Like sometimes a workout for mm-hmm. me will ground me down. Mm-hmm. Um, a meditation. I have a book, and I I'll just do a five minute. Not even like a kumbaya thing, or a I'll just even if I just breathe for one minute. Right. Um, sometimes I'll gently weep. I mean, there's there's definitely just get it out. Just get it out. <laughs> yeah. It depends what it is, but I definitely take moments for myself. For me, the working out is a real nice way mm-hmm. to have some me time where. Phone's not with me. Mm-hmm. Kids, husband, you know, check. They're taken care of. Yeah. And I can just... Because you're working so hard in the moment. You know, that's why yoga is so great. It's mm-hmm. just like connecting to your breath. What workouts do you do now, though, if you're traveling? I mean, I will mix it up. I'll do okay. whatever I... Like, I'll do whatever's near me. Yeah, so, do you do YouTube stuff, though? Or do you, are I'll you do, quite good at teaching yourself? I'm, pr- I'm quite good at teaching myself. Okay. But I'll do, like, I'll do... I have a DVD on my computer. So if there's mm-hmm. no gym, there's no anything, I can do something in my room. Great. Um, I don't need any equipment, just me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in Vegas recently, I really got into... There was a... I just started asking locals, what's a great yoga studio? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went to the yoga studio, did some spinning because I had a soul cycle. Yep. Here, since I've got here, I'm close to a berry, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm recircling that territory. Good. Yeah, and I went to Soul Cycle the other day. Yeah, so I'll just kind of do whatever. Like if I, you know, when you do a beach vacation, I'll literally use seashells and the sand and sticks, like like Robinson Crusoe, and yeah. just do like. And I'll invite anyone who's on the island. Like we had some people nice. staying next to us, and I just started a boot camp with everyone that was staying with us on vacation you know you're you're eating a lot and drinking a lot yeah, yeah. and you can feel so awful at the vacation and so it's a really nice way to like you do that in the morning mm-hmm. and then you can do whatever you want yeah and then you you, you still end up feeling kind of great that i go up to this place once a year oh viva maya yeah, yeah i've yeah, never yeah. done one of those it's i don't like, know if i could do it it's so hard i didn't think i could do it but my like it changed my life i felt about eight Did years it? old when i left really? i just never had so much That's energy. so funny i was just talking to someone who was going with someone there yeah. like a celebrity oh yeah. I think it was Rumor Wilson she was going with oh, Rumor Wilson yeah yeah yeah, yeah. To, to the one in Austria yes. I go on about it a lot and I've spoken about it before on this but it is absolutely incredible so I find that my holidays where I go and eat loads I then am like you have to dreaming do the, of okay. going on well, the well this is other why holiday. on the holiday listen by the way there are also mm. lots of days where I'm like like today I didn't work out yeah. I'm not working out yeah. you know like self care comes mm-hmm. in so many different forms mm-hmm. you just have to make sure you do it mm-hmm. whether it's checking in with yourself and breathing for a minute whether it's doing a workout class whether it's not doing a workout class yep. eating something healthy eating something naughty I'm glad you said not doing a workout class because sometimes yeah. that is is better for yeah. you than pushing yourself to do it. 100%. If your body's yeah. telling you, I'm really tired, I need this sleep, I need rest, I'm mm-hmm. sore, you've got to listen to that. Completely. That's that's important. If I were to walk into your house now, your house in England, okay, and look around your bathroom and your cosmetic stash, mm-hmm. what would I find? What would always be there? Um, you would always find a Moravitsa products mm-hmm. uh, and usually a night oil because okay. I'm addicted to night oil. Mm-hmm. Are there um, any particular Moravitsa stuff that you like? I love the Blue Diamond. Yes. I love the Blue Diamond stuff. Yeah. Um, and their nut oil. And, and I like their charcoal, their... Um, the cleanser. The cleansing balm. Gorgeous. Um, uh, I have my perfume that is called B683, which is a Marc Antoine Barrois. Mm-hmm. Which Don't I like. Know it. Don't know it. Okay. But also, I'm a big Lalabo fan. Okay. So you'll find different Lalabo scents mm. for different moods because mm. I think it's nice to change. Jeff Santel 33. Of course. Everyone has that. I think, that's my, I think that's my Charlie scent. It's like yeah. sometimes with the kids, if I'm like working, I like to have a scent that reminds me of the kids. So yeah. like for Charlie, he's my Santel. Okay. Teddy is another Rose because okay. she's Theodore Rose. Mm-hmm. And Coco, who's Colette, is another 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Rose 31, another 13. Uh, because that was the signature scent at Colette. So you'd find Le Labo. Mm. You'd find Moravitsa. Mm. Uh, I also like the Dr. Sabog rose oil as well. Nice. I you like rose it, oil. like moisturizing. I love a really, yeah. I think I tend to be dry. Yeah. You'd always find a virgin coconut oil. That's what I moisturize with. On your body? On my body is a Excellent. virgin coconut oil. Okay. Any brand in particular or just any? Oh, God. I can picture the sticker. It's yeah, like yeah. Dr. Brown's, I think it's called. Okay. Virgin coconut oil. I'll put that on my face. You can get it organic or Yeah, somewhere. exactly. Yeah, or Whole yeah, Foods. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, let's see. What about makeup? Makeup, you'll find Burberry. Mm-hmm. Burberry, Tom Ford, mm-hmm. and Charlotte Tilsbury are my big... Good choices. I mean, I think, like, Burberry yeah. for a natural, kind of simple, mm-hmm. pretty look. You yeah. know, just to keep it simple. I think Charlotte Tilsbury my, is my go-out glam look. What's and your go-to lipstick? I love a Tom Ford lipstick. Yeah. And I like a Charlotte Tilsbury lipstick. Yeah, yeah. Both do great colors. Both do great they? colors. In terms of now your holistic sort of wellness are you someone who has a bath are you someone who I'm goes- a bath okay <laughs> I'm a super duper I'll yeah. throw a bath salt in I'll throw an oil yeah I've definitely gotten more um natural with my products too mm-hmm. as I've gotten you know I like things that I don't have parabens and even my shampoo and conditioner is like sulfate free is it yeah which yeah, one do you use well I have one from LA from my dermatologist it's called mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called like Elon there's one I'm trying called John Masters or something. Oh, yeah. Try John out. Masters is great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's kind of important. So in terms of then, you've mentioned your dermatologist, but in terms of like places you groom, is there anywhere that you're like, if your friends came to London and said, I just look crap, where should I go? Would you say this place, that place, that place? Um, well, in LA, I've got my like routine. Thing. I would say in yeah. London, I have a wonderful facialist named Katina, who's mm-hmm. just, I mean, she's, I don't know how, Katina. what, Katina. She's mm. amazing. Okay. She's amazing. Um... Brows I usually do in LA. This one named um, it's at Strike mm-hmm. Strike Cosmetic Christy Striker. They like a cow shed massage. Nice. Any kind of cow shed treatment mm-hmm. always makes me feel really, mm-hmm. really happy. The best okay. facial I've had here is Sarah Chapman. Nice, yeah. Best facial. Yeah. Love Sarah Chapman. Facial. So Sarah Chapman. If you need a facial, Sarah mm-hmm. Chapman. Fine. What's hair? Next? Hair. Um, I would say is it John Wood that I go to? Josh Wood. Josh Wood. Josh Wood. Josh Wood. He does my hair color here. Okay. I don't know why. It's been a while. It's been yeah, a no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Josh Wood is where I go I know, for I'm hair. I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, Josh Wood is where I would go to a salon for hair. Fine. And waxing. Waxing, I would have probably Perfect Ten come over and wax me. They come and help they you. They come out. and yeah. just do Is there everything. Anything else you do? Tan, tan, Perfect Ten. Also, oh. I have the most amazing woman named Moya okay. who will come and do tans. Moya, Moya, Moya is amazing. I'm she like, has her own. Book her now. Your color's she's, amazing. No, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. yeah. She's, and and Perfect Ten. I mean both. Yeah. I mean, and I I like a fake bake or a Sienna X. Yeah, yeah. So you like people to come around. That's quite handy as well. Yeah. I mean, by the way, I'm I'm lucky that I can. But, you know, I used to do the mystic tans in the booths. No, but it's so easy to get people around. It's so easy to get people. And also with me, with my hours, it's like I usually have to do this stuff at like 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most places aren't open. Like, I have to get my nails done at 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had one of those massages at home, though, where they massage you and then you just roll into bed? Yeah, that's the best. I mean, it's the dream. I did that when I landed here. I was like, I'm Mm. out. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Right. Final three questions I'm going to ask you. Um, These aren't specifically related to beauty, though. I like the beauty questions, though. I know. I love the beauty questions. Let's keep going. Okay, fine, 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 fine. No, no, you're like me. You could chat about it all day. I could. I love love a product. Right. So, but I'm being strict now. Okay, be strict. Go ahead. What, to your mind, has been your greatest triumph, career or personal? I mean, by far, personal is the most important thing to me in terms of my greatest achievement, I think, is having a beautiful family and a loving Mm -hmm. relationship. You know, I didn't, I come from a divorced family and I just sit in gratitude that I have such amazing children and an amazing partner. Mm -hmm. And that just, that's the biggest triumph is being happy. You know, like that's just, wow. I never, I never thought I was going to have this amazing life where I got to be in love and be Mm -hmm. a mommy. I mean that, you know, that, that wasn't the background I came from and there were definitely times and horrible relationships and moments that I thought I'll be alone and I won't have that. And you know, and I sit and I, you know, just before I came here, it was like I was in bed with all my kids and my mm-hmm. hubby and mm-hmm. we were watching cartoons Aww. and I just feel so blessed. So personal way over any kind of career achievement. And and I think on the career front, I just think the biggest the biggest achievement is really just following my dreams mm-hmm. because there was a moment in time where I wasn't going to follow my dreams and I was really scared to. So I feel really blessed to do a job that I love, you know, yeah. get get to be happy because a lot of people don't get that choice or that opportunity to follow their dreams or do what they love and mm-hmm. I feel really blessed to do that my family being a mommy yeah. uh, is everything to me yeah and um and being a daughter to my mm-hmm. mother and mm-hmm. my wife to my husband and you know the fact that I get to do career stuff on top of that is it's a day-to-day joy though isn't it rather day-to-day. than like thinking it's not, that's the benchmark it's yeah. like you enjoy your life I enjoy my life and I'm yeah. just, and I'm incredibly grateful that, that I enjoy my life so yeah. much and that I, I have so much love in my life and yeah. joy so that's that's just wow what one piece of advice would you give to your younger self oh that's a good one um 
I would say it's okay. You're safe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe chill out on the perfectionism because it doesn't matter that much. Maybe go and have a one night stand. Maybe go, like... go, go have a, go have a reckless shag. <laughs> yeah. That's what I tell myself. But so, use protection. Obviously. Obviously. Always. 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 Name three people dead or alive who you'd like to have dinner with and tell us why. Oh, okay. Um, well, the first pe- person on my list would have to be my grandmother because yeah. I just love to see her one more time and I'd love to just have any kind of moment with her where mm-hmm. I could tell her about my life and she could meet my kids and yeah, I'd love she'd be she'd be head guest at that dinner yeah. party. And then um I definitely have to have Abba there. Which like, one? All of them. So they're have, all like huddled on one chair. They're all chair. huddled on one chair. Singing. It's a big chair. Singing. Because <laughs> I feel like we should have a karaoke. If we have enough wine, then I think it should lead to karaoke. What would they be singing? What's your favorite ABBA song? I mean, Dancing Queen. I think my grandmother and I would, would get up, you know, and she loved ABBA. So I feel like they'd have to be there. Maybe not Fine. in a guest capacity, mm-hmm. but on a performance capacity. So yeah. you just have one big sing You're going big with this Am dinner I going, party. I feel like the dinner party, it's got to be yeah. big, right? It's on the ABBA singing, right? right? Okay. I mean, I'm throwing an event. Fine. If I'm bringing people back from the dead, Fine. it's got to be an event. Fine. So let's give you two more seats. Okay, then. okay. You've just gone with ABBA as a Okay, orchestra. fine. They're just. Um, thank you for giving them. To yes, me, as just like a as plus one. I, I mean, I'm. Um, I'd have. This. I'd have. Um, I'd have Obama because yes. I would love to meet Obama. Why is he so cool? He's I don't just, know. And and she, and he'd have to bring Michelle. Yeah, because she's just as cool. You're as filling he is. this dinner party. Well, they could share one seat. I would a share seat. a seat okay, with fine, Rob. Fine. I would share a seat with Rob. And Rob's coming too. Okay, Rob's fine. coming, but I'm not. And he's not invited. Right, he's coming. So you still have a seat. So he's he's a big throw. This is like seats. Aladdin, where you get three wishes. Fine. I'm just finding ways around this. Yeah. Um, and then I guess it would be. Well, maybe I have if if Rob's coming, maybe I'd have like Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin there. Just yeah. so they can have like competitive singing contests, and I'd like to see the banter. I'd like to see the banter. There'd be like yeah. cheeky banter. Yeah, they they you know they'd yeah. smoke and drink and yeah, yeah. you know, and then my grandmother and I would kick up our heels, and then Abba would show up, and Barack yeah. and Michelle. Oh, they'd have some really good great. advice for us while we were like all drunk. They'd go like, "This is what you need to do." Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and they'd tell me the secret to life. And God, yeah. I think it would be a good dinner party. That sounds great. I want to come. You can come. Maybe I could like serve at it or something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, you know, I've got I've got flowers that need to be done. Yeah, I've got, you've got candles that I've need, got to, candles be lit, that need to be lit. You know, this is this is this is a big. That thing. sounds mega. I would Does love that to sound get to that good. I mean, it there's so many perfect. people. I feel like they are all dead. I just yeah. like to invite a bunch of. You know, like my dad would be there. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. have. I mean, Freddie Mercury. He'd yeah. have to make an appearance. So you would want to have a musical party. I think I would. Yeah. I mean, an acting party would be kind of dry. No, you want to have a musical party. I want a party. musical party. Yeah. Amazing. Right? I want to come. Okay. You're invited. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. For Is that. that it? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was we're so done. much fun. I feel like we could we could keep going. I mean, I totally feel like Well, we I really, going. I had a lot of fun. The one was great. Thank you. That was brilliant. Well, thanks for talking to me about all that jazz. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.